So this is the third class of, of what we're doing on Wednesday nights in, in November. Um, who knows if we're having class next week or not? Okay. That, that is the definitive answer right here. Mary Halk, we never have class. So there you go. If you were wondering, if you had any, if you had any question, done. Thank you. Who knows if we're having class the week after Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Very good. Okay. Christmas Day? No. Okay. Class is called Vital Signs. Okay. Um, see, Dr. Miller's are not here tonight, apparently, but uh, he 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 told us a little bit about this this thing. This. This fellow or, or lady's not in good shape, by the way, he informed us. Um, so basically what we're doing is we're talking about um, just what it means to be uh, like fully alive in Christ um, as we begin a new year. OK, last thing you want to do is, I think, is begin a new year and end up the same old thing, you know, at the end of the new at the end of the year. That's not what we were intended to do. Well, right. We are always intended to grow and mature and develop and be better people and experience more fully life in Christ. So what I wanted to do in November and December is just to get us to thinking. And I think first John helps with that. OK. But first, we must have cartoons. And for those of you who have not been in here before, uh, some of these are funny and some are not. Some of these are worth. Who did that? Charlie, you did the chuckle. Do, do that again, if you would. Okay, some, some, are, some are worth just kind of what Charlie just did. Not a full laughter, just chuckle. And I'm, I'm not going to tell you which ones they are. First one, the pastor keeps referring to this morning's text, but which one? Okay, if you, if you do a lot of texting, you get that. Okay, chuckle. Um, it's a little hard to see from the seats with the headrest back there. But this is apparently this preacher chasing a rabbit. Okay. Caption is, this happens in almost every sermon. <laughs> kind of a chuckle. Okay. Now this guy in church says, wait a minute. I distinctly remember ignoring this same sermon two years ago. <laughs> ah, that, that, was, that was funny. Next. The pastor's wife agreed to give him a subtle signal whenever he starts to chase rabbits. How's that for subtle? Next, that's a TV screen on the front of the pulpit, okay? And I'm guessing that's a, well, you can see the ball in the air, but this, these are two football players. Pastor Reginald vowed to do whatever it takes to increase male membership in his church. <laughs> That might help. Uh, hey, look, oh, look here. He's all by himself. I'm either early for the next service, late for the last service, or didn't get the tweet. That's a thing on Twitter. D didn't get the tweet that the church down the road has better donuts. <laughs> eh. Ah, now we got a meeting. After Ted closes with prayer, there will be a brief meeting in the parking lot to determine what, if anything, was actually decided in this meeting. Yeah. Look like a wedding. Excuse me, till debt do us part? Yeah, it wasn't much, was it? Here's, here's one. Sorry, I forgot to turn off my cell phone, Pastor, but I think the paintball gun was a little extreme. <laughs> the first time I ever heard, this is a long, a while back, I was doing a funeral and uh, cell phones were new. And, you know, you, before cell phones came along, you just, I mean, you might hear a, you just didn't hear anything like that. You know, you might, anyway. And all of a sudden, when the saints go marching in, came, began to play, and it got louder and louder. And this poor lady could not find her phone. So we went through an entire verse, uh, and that was in the funeral home. 
here's a congregation. Once again, he says, I want to stress that the sermon illustration I just used is purely fictional and is not based upon anyone here in the congregation. They're all looking at one person. That's it. Any of these funny? I think there were, was there one funny one? I think I heard one, one with some laughter. David? Is it a short story? All right, go. Some meeting before church, and, and that was the day that turned the clocks. I can't uh-huh. But we got there that early. It was four or five in the morning. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! There was one that said, uh, "We're not full of hypocrites. Yeah. We have room for more." Okay. Okay. <laughs> now you notice the little a, a little little thing we're doing in this class. I do. I give my best run here, and then we got folks. It's so bad. They're saying he needs all the help he can get. Thank you, David and Dan. First John uh, chapter two. We're going to read uh, some of this. We we kind of worked with last week, and so uh, some of this I'm going to just go right over. And it's because we dealt with all this last week. Um, one thing I want to do is to I'm going to repeat. Uh, I want to repeat an image we used last week. Does that ever help y'all to hear something repeated? That, do you find that helps sometimes? Now, I don't mean, you know, just the same old same thing every week, but sometimes I don't quite get it all the first time. And I'm not suggesting that when I repeat this that you didn't get it all the first time. What I'm going to do is add some more baggage onto it, okay? Baggage in a good way. I want to add some more to it, okay? All right. First John 2, okay? Um, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. Really don't want you to just continue sinning. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning, atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. And now this part is, is new for this week. We know that we have come to know him. Yeah. If we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. That's, that's awfully strong, isn't it? But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. And this is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. And yet, yet I'm, I'm writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims, claims to be in the light, but hates a brother or sister is still in darkness. Sometimes you just come to these texts where he's talking about other people, but y'all just keep listening. Uh, anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But if anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness, they do not know where they're going because the darkness has blinded them. All right? Shift a little bit. We're going to come to a section that's just very poetic. I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know who he is from the beginning. And I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. And I write to you, young men, because you're strong and the word of God lives in you. And you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or anything 
in the world. If anyone loves the Father, love if anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of the life and pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. And the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you for... Uh, this day, uh, this week, um, just this hour of being together. We thank you, O oh Lord, for uh, uh, your word. We thank you, Lord, that by your grace, um, as we experience time, we will soon experience a brand new year. And we uh, would pray, O oh Father, uh, for this upcoming year that uh, in many ways that we would grow, in, in many ways we would grow and mature and become everything you would like for us to become this year. Thank you for scripture, for your word, and for your, uh, your willingness to be in relationship with us. Um, some, the, this, use this word fellowship, this this shared life that we enjoy with you and with one another. Uh, we pray for people who are typically in this class, Father, who have health concerns for David Jackson, uh, for Alan as he anticipate Alan Black as he anticipates surgery, and for others, Father, who uh, are on our minds tonight. And uh, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn, if you would, to uh, the first part of the sheet. Uh, that you, you got when you passed out. And thanks, guys, for passing those out. All right. What does it mean to live in the light and love of God? And I'm using those two little phrases based on uh, what I think are two pieces here stressed. I'm just kind of reviewing for a moment. Is that okay to do that right before we jump into this? Look at uh, verse, verse 5 of chapter 1. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light, in him there is no darkness at all. Second section, uh, or, or second major point, I guess, uh, chapter 3, verse 11, for this is the message you heard from the beginning, we should love one another. Back to the notes. This is in a context in which Jesus is seen as the eternal word, but is not really a person in the flesh. Folks apparently were in this church, uh, and they apparently believed in this, this idea of Jesus being the word. Remember, like in the Gospel of John, in the beginning was the word, and the words, you know. They apparently believe that, but the idea of Jesus being in the flesh, suffering like us, being tempted like us, they would say that's, that's not real, okay? That's not real. John uh, opens up this book by saying, you know, he was really flesh and blood. Yeah? You could see him, you could hear him, you could speak, blah, blah, blah. He could speak. Many of us want a God who is strong and honorable, but not a God who comes in flesh and weakness and humility, and yet Jesus was born in the flesh and then crucified. Okay, so we're going to talk about authentic Christians. Authentic Christians. Let's play with that word for a minute. When you think of something that's authentic, authentic, what comes to mind? Authentic. Real, what else? Genuine. If I, if I have a guest come here, come to Memphis, and, they, and, the, and the guest says, I would love some real, authentic Memphis food, where would you take that guest? Now, that's a good suggestion over there. Well, where else would you take that guest? Barbecue. What do you have in mind? Rendezvous. So all oh, we got heads shaking. Well, what else do you have in mind? Corkies. What else you got in mind? Central. 
enough barbecue. Anything else, just kind of authentic Memphis, where, where might you go? Gus's authentic. Now, see, sometimes, though, some people, some people might say, well, I, I took them to an authentic place. We went to, we went to, uh, uh, let me see, where did we go? We, we, we went, we went, we went to, to, to McDonald's. It's in right there in Memphis. Been in Memphis for years. That one on Poplar. We used to stop there going from Florence to Texas. And somebody just shakes their head and says, that is a fast food chain. That is not a, well, you know, you can, so we you can have silly arguments over what's authentic locally, what's not. Um, apparently there were folks in the church who spoke about Jesus uh, in ways that said, you know, the authentic Jesus is not uh, one that was with real flesh and blood. He was this, you know, almost, they apparently became kind of philosophical about it. But in terms of flesh and blood and literally die on a cross, no. What John does is he, he writes and he says, you know what? Not only was Jesus authentic, but you are authentic. You are. Y'all ever been, I'm going to talk about something kind of nasty for a minute and then we'll leave this. Y'all ever been in the middle of a church that had a big old split? You ever done that before? Some of you have, yeah. You ever been, you, you ever been in a church where, where you remained after a whole bunch of people left? You ever experienced that before? Oh my goodness. Charlotte and I moved to Florence, Alabama a long time ago. And it was the, uh, I was just through with uh, 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 graduate school, you know, gone to, anyway, long story, but just, just out of school. And I'd been preaching along the way, but this was like the first time where I was going to be like a full-time, you know, regular preacher doing fun- all that. Went to Florence, Alabama. We were going to preach for this church. And one, the first couple of weeks we were there, we went out. For, we went to dessert at these people's homes. They were, they were kind of the wealthy people in the church. They invited us over, though. Took us a while to walk up that hill to their house. It's a, boy, it's a big house and a big hill leading up there. And we walked in, sat down, and, and you know, big cushy sofas, and they were very, very nice, and got this little bowl of dessert, and we ate that. And, and then uh, I remember he looked at me and he said, why did y'all move here? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, everybody that can do anything in this church, they've left. And he said, you know, we tried to tell the elders. I mean, what would, <laughs> they wouldn't listen. And most people left. We're probably leaving too. And then, then, then there was this line. There's really nothing left here but losers. Well, they left. <laughs> they left. And I remember going to Charlotte's dad. I was sitting in his office and I said, have we made a big mistake? He just shook his head and said, well, you just need to know the story. And what this other guy was suggesting is that anything real and authentic had already happened. And now that everybody that was real and authentic, now that they had left, what you were left, what we were left with, not much was going to happen. Now you just imagine being in a church where uh, some of the folks were talking about Jesus and you ever kind of been around folks that felt like they kind of knew a lot more than you did? You ever seen, seen anybody like that? You know, you obviously haven't read the book, but, uh, and kind of take their glasses off. They wear glasses back then? Kind of take their glasses off. You obviously haven't read the book, but uh, l- let me tell you really what this was like. And, and kind of speak to you like you don't know much. We're kind of more spiritual. Those people over there, they don't get it. And so there are folks that talk like that. 
Well, they left, you see. You get the impression I get here is that a bunch of people have left. And so you're just kind of left in this, in this group. And you wonder, do we need to be here? What's the use? And you know what, you know what John does? <coughs> Y'all listen to this. What John does, he says, I want to tell you something. What you have is authentic. It is the real deal. And he speaks to these people trying to encourage them and to tell them that in spite of the way it feels and the way it looks right now, they're, they're experiencing real life in Christ. Now, I'm going to repeat two things from last week. Number one is marriage. Um, just because two people get married, here they are, you may kiss your bride, kissed your bride, now they're married, got the rings on. Two years later, does it necessarily mean that because they got married that they understand what marriage was meant to be? Is that, is that, is that necessarily true? No, it's not, is it? In fact, you can be married for a long time and just be a real clod. Don't look at anybody. Just be a real clod. She can be, there's she clods and he clods. You can be a feminine clod and a masculine. I mean, just because you get married doesn't mean you understand what it means to really be married. Just because you're baptized doesn't mean you understand what it means to experience life in Christ. And he's telling these people, look here. What you've got is precious. Now look at your notes. Authentic Christians are intentional about their journey. We talked a bit about this last week, but he doesn't want them to take this casual attitude towards sin. A casual attitude towards sin. Anybody have 16-year-olds that, you know, like your kids that start driving? Have you done that? Yeah. Now, some of you may have put them in a brand new car. Mercy. May God bless you. But the rest of us put them in cars that could handle, you know, that could handle a possible dent <laughs> or could handle a possible, you know. Well, just because I put you in, in our older car doesn't mean I want you just to be reckless and act like it doesn't matter how many dents you get. You see what I'm saying? He does not want them to take a casual attitude towards sin. You can't have the assurance of eternal life if you act like your behavior doesn't matter. Look at number two. This is where we'll focus tonight. Authentic Christians see obedience to Jesus as necessary. The one who says, I know him and yet does not keep his commands is a liar. My obedience reflects my authenticity. If my life does not give evidence of serious obedience to Jesus, then my life probably reflects that I'm serving myself. How can we detect the love of God in the believer's lifestyle, in a believer's life? God's love, God's love for us, and our love for God produces an obedient lifestyle. We can have assurance of our relationship with him. We do this through continuing to keep his commands. Now, our assurance is, we've already talked about that before, our assurance is based on, is based on what Christ did on the cross. But every day when I get up, as my life reflects that I'm, I'm, I'm following the path of Jesus, there is something very assuring about that. This means we have a certain disposition to obedience instead of a disposition to disobedience. All right, we're going to go on that trip again, and I'm going to tack a few more things onto it. Remember the trip last week we went on? We talked a little bit about the difference in living in darkness and living in light. I'm over here in darkness. Do I sin in darkness? Uh-huh. Over here in the light, do I ever sin? Uh-huh. And so we talked about a bit of the difference. And we took a trip to 
Sarasota. You know why we took the trip to Sarasota? Pat will tell you, because that's where she's from. So this, this section here is not about perfection. It's about what? Direction. Let's, let's work on that again. This section in 1 John, 1 John 1 and 2, is not about how can Christians be perfect. Okay, it's about how Christians can, can, can walk in the light. So it's not about perfection. It is about our direction. So here we go. We're a group here. We're going to walk in the light. And what that means is we're going to take this journey together. And we said last week, let's just suppose we were all going to go to Sarasota. That'd be fine with Pat. That's where she's from. But let's just suppose that we were all going to go to Sarasota and we're going to take a whole bunch of cars to Sarasota. Florida, right? Florida, Sarasota, Florida. Take a whole bunch of cars. Going on a trip. Okay, here we go. There's a sense in which that could be like walking in the light. The problem is not everybody wants, not everybody's going to go. Who's not going? Don't raise your hand. Who's, who's not going? We've lost our row here, the row I pointed at last week. So let's, let's, uh, huh? They're not, they all left. <laughs> Bridget, all left. Um, what now? They're in Sarasota waiting. All right. Let's just, let's just, let's just go with this row here from Dave, uh, Dave to David, David, right here. These folks say, we don't want to go. Okay. So they just sit here. You know how brethren do. We just sit here. And so we're all, we're all going. These people stay. These people are living in darkness. Everybody hear this. These people are living in darkness. They're not going anywhere. They're not with us. They're not on the journey. They're in darkness. Are they sinning? Yes, they are. People, I mean, he makes that very clear in 1 John. You live in darkness, you know, you're, you're okay. So the rest of us, we're on the trip. Is it going to be a perfect trip? No. That's, this isn't about perfection. It's about what? Direction. And so the thing we've got to do is all stay together, keep going in the same direction. What's going to happen as we, as we drive along? We're, so, somebody's going to miss an exit. <laughs> We all agreed we were going to go to the bathroom down the road and somebody needed to stop sooner and we kind of got turned, you know, we got that going on. Somebody was rearing in one of the brethren and hit them. And that, you know, just, we had to clean that up. And then some deacon decided to pass everybody and speed got a ticket. Now, you know, you look at all this bunch going this way and you think, look at them. But you know what we don't do? We don't do what? We don't quit. We don't give up. We just keep going, don't we? And is our intent to just act, you know, just ram everybody and just drive? Is that our intent? No. Sometimes we make poor decisions, and, but our intention is to keep going. That's walking in the light. Now, let's add a piece to that. And, and in your Bible... Um, verse three, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands, if we keep on keeping these commands. Whoever says I know him but does not do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in that person. Now let's just suppose there's some folks, we're not talking about this bunch back, where are y'all? Not talking about this bunch sitting here in the dark by themselves. Okay, this they are not the issue here. We're talking about people who profess to be on this trip, on the way, on the journey, and they're just not, it seems like they're just not real serious about how they drive and how they travel, and it's, it's, it's getting to be a little out of hand. In fact, if you look at your Bible, Look at the three. We know that we've come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. 
But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So if we're all on this journey with God in the light, what are we attempting to do as we all kind of do this together? Go ahead and look at your Bible. It's be fine. We're, we're attempting, Marty says, to live like Jesus. I mean, I'm getting up in the morning with a good faith effort to attempt to do what the Lord would do as I deal with my wife and kids and those people at work, even that knothead. Uh, I, you know, I'm giving it. It's a good faith effort. To What else? What else? Uh, three and four. What else do you see as we travel along? Okay, looking for some authentic food. Keep going. You know, one thing I'm doing is a is a is a is a live. I'm attempting. Uh, where's Mar Marty said, live like Jesus. I'm, I'm attempting to keep his commands. This is not some stinking free-for-all, you know, where you're just kind of doing your own thing and y'all just watch out for me. That's not what we do. I'm, uh, following Jesus means that I'm, I'm listening to his desires. I, I'm looking at the word. I'm going, you know, Jesus drove like this. Jesus did this. Jesus walked like this. Jesus treated people like this. What if we were, let's go back to Sarasota. What if we're on our trip to Sarasota and you, you got the brethren just driving you nuts? You know, just good night, just up on your rear end and honking. Y'all hurry up. And just you people griping at you. They're your own brethren. Is there something wrong with that? I think, I think there is. See, the, this, this journey in the light, this is not a free-for-all. We just all kind of do our own thing. Oh, man. We're, we know it's, all, it's not about perfection. It's about direction. But direction demands that, that I'm serious about living a godly life. You know, does that make any sense? Maybe, maybe see some progress being made. Yeah, yeah. You'd like to see, yeah. Look, look at your Bible again. Um, dear friends, I, I'm writing you a new command, not a new command, but an old one, uh, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Yet I'm writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Now, wouldn't that be a sight? Here we are all going to Sarasota together. We're going to stop and eat together. Where y'all want to eat? We need to exit and eat. Well, let's eat together. Where do you want to eat? Cracker Barrel? Sounds good. We're all going to go to Cracker Barrel. We all sit down. And, and, and guess what? You got tables that aren't speaking to one another. I mean, we're all going the same place. You got tables that aren't speaking to one another. You got folks that are just kind of acting about half mean toward one another. John says you can't do that. You can't, you can't hate one another and think, oh, that's okay. That doesn't, that's not walking in the light. Now, look at your notes if you would. This means uh, we can have a uh, look at the line that I've put halfway on the, or down three-fourths of the way down the first page. This means we have a certain disposition to obedience instead of a disposition to disobedience. Keeping, keeping his commands are not how we get saved. We obey because of who he is and what we're becoming. Our obedience is a reflection of our love for Jesus. In our words, our relationship, in other words, excuse me, our relationship with God is not something we privately hold in our hearts. It, it, uh, if I'm the kind of Christian and, and I, you know, I've just got this 
kind of sorry life, and I'm telling you, but I've got a good heart. Well, that's not enough. Uh, being a Christian is not about having this private thing going on in my heart, that my life should reflect that, right? And part of keeping his commands includes believing in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, loving one another. And so how do we know Jesus? Next page. We keep his commands. And what does he require? Number two, we keep his word. Number three, we walk in love. We walk in love. All right. Let's talk for a moment about the evidence of, of, of just walking in, 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 in the light. Um, first of all, um, the evidence of following Jesus. Um, is there anybody that you, who, who you would like to name and you just think, you know, I, I remember this person or I look at this person and I really see evidence that this person follows Jesus. Do you know, can you think of someone like that? Fern Hill, the lady that spoke here Sunday morning, Beverly says, good one. Can you think of somebody like that in your, in your life that you remember or know? Joe Cannon, okay. Ann King, okay. These are people that those of you who have been connected with Highland Church, you know some of these names. And go ahead and name, name a name that nobody knows. That's fine. Your mom. Good, Rance. Your mom. Another one. Let's do a few more and then we'll shift a little bit. Beverly Ralston. Then another? One more? Okay, Cliff Gaines. All right, now they're coming. Okay, here, got another? Going, going. Sally Shank. Okay. Now, listen, there's the names. Now, can we name just a quality, a quality of that one that this a, one of these people have that you think you know that's the name, but here's the one of the qualities where I just see evidence this person walks with Jesus. Kind, encouraging. Gentle. Uh, what now? Concerned for, Concerned for the lost. Prayerful. Selfless. Meek. So somehow, living in the light, going on this journey together, these folks have names. All of us, hopefully. I mean, I think are doing that. Uh, even the row here that I accused of staying in the darkness, y'all probably decided to go on eventually. But it's more than, than, than names, that there ought to be some evidence. And that's what you're naming. You're naming piece, pieces of this evidence, okay? My, look in terms of, uh, think about it in terms of the line I used. This means that we have a certain dis disposition to obedience instead of a disposition to disobedience. Person with a disposition to disobedience, what, what do they do? Talking about other people, of course, not you, but what do they do? D people that have a disposition toward, toward disobedience. Do what they want. You ever worked with somebody and it doesn't matter what happens during the day, they can turn it into something dirty. I mean, they can take the most innocent remark and just, maybe you've never, I've worked with people like that before. Mike, you know, you just think, how can your mind just, <laughs> how do you come up with this stuff? Good grief. A disposition toward disobedience. Keep going. Disposition toward disobedience. Person would be what? Selfish, Casey? Somebody else? Complainer. Whoops. Complainer? Careless. 
living in the darkness, you kind of expect this kind of stuff, don't you? Just all about me, just doing whatever. Uh, get up and you don't, you don't, you're going to do what you want to do. Like a lady had told me one time, nobody's going to tell me what to do. And nobody did. And she went on and, you know, did her thing. On the other hand, for folks on this journey in the light, or towards Sarasota, in the light over here, a disposition toward obedience. What kind of questions are we asking as we, as we live? Or how do we think? Is that better? How do we think as we, as we live? If, if my disposition is toward obedience, what, how do we live? Am I, am I, is this, am I bringing glory to God, Dennis? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Now look at there. It's not just me and my three and us in the car and doors locked and I, you know, uh, not my problem. Dennis flips this thing and says on the journey, our, our lives are open to how do we serve other people? As you know, keep going. Uh, disposition toward obedience. What kind of life would that be? Do I love my brother? Or, or even my enemy? Keep going. How do I spend my time and how do I spend my money? Um, Look at the next one. We need to move. Look at the next one. Um, authentic Christians practice love as an expression of their obedience. The one who says, I abide in him, should therefore walk as he walked. Jesus is himself, the standard of obedience. And this is old, and yet it is new. God has always wanted the love of his people and has always desired that his people love one another. What is new is the embodiment of Jesus as one who loved like God loves. Never before had the earth experienced this kind of love in a human being until we saw Jesus. He is the absolute standard of love. Absolute standard of love. Now, if, if I want to be, if I want to be a, a more loving person, you kind of think about the, what Dennis said a moment ago. If I want to be a more loving person, what would be helpful to you? What would be helpful? With this text here, you have Jesus in flesh and blood, real flesh and blood, by the way, who, who basically embodies the, the love of the Father right in front of you. How do, how do you learn? What do you, or let me ask you, if you don't know how to change out a certain faucet, if you don't know how to work on a certain plumbing problem, what do you do? Some of us, okay, this is interesting. Some of us call somebody we know. No, I said who knows. Oh, you're going to call some, not, not you know, but they know. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to call somebody that, who knows how to fix it. That's one way to come at that. What else might we do? Now, now uh, flesh that out, Casey. So, so say that a little louder, if you would. Can watch a video on YouTube and, and learn almost anything. So, if we're gonna, we could do this. If if we're gonna turn this on, what are we gonna see? Probably like an average person like us who's explaining how to do it. Someone who's done it before, and they just took the time to record it and say, "Here's how you fix." Okay, hold what he said. An average person, just like, if you all experienced this, if you watched, okay, good. An average person, just like us, who explains what to do. Now, a lot of the ones I've seen, Casey, go a step beyond that. They not only explain, they, they show you, and 
they're doing it right in front of you. Twi- you know, turn this way. You're going to need this kind of wrench. And you know what I do? And Casey's faster than me. I have to hit re- rewind. Let me, see, let me see him do that again. And, it, uh, and do that again, do that again. What's the value in doing that? What, what is the value in, in coming at it that way? I'll know how to do it the next time. What else? Save a little money, Dave. We always want to do that. What's, what's the value of, do, of, this, of this route? Okay. <laughs> Eric Gentry will know if this doesn't work tonight. But, but uh, what is the value of doing this this way? I'm, lear- I'm learning what? From somebody's example, I'm learning from somebody's example. So I'm a a preacher. And there's a part of me that says, you people just need to be told. And so what do I want to do? Tell you, tell you, tell you, tell you, tell you. And then it's over. And you know what I announce? This is only part one. And then we're going to go now to tell you part two next week and tell you part three next week. Well, there's, there's a time to tell you. But sometimes there's a time to show you. So think about the kids that grew up in our home. Our grandkids. You like those better? Our grandkids. The grandkids. And they watch you do things. We had this preacher at our house last two days. It's a bit much to have a couple of preachers in one house, but a guy from Texas spending the night. I've known him forever. And uh, our, our daughter who lives in Memphis is out of town, so we had the two boys who are here somewhere in this building tonight, uh, two boys, Brody and Lincoln, nine and five. They're with us sent there. And they think this guy's wonderful. He throws the football. We were out in the dark last night throwing the football back and forth, and, and he just messes with them, and they wrestle in their yard and all that. Well, this morning, we get up. I'm getting ready for work. He's getting ready for me to take him to the airport. The guy didn't drink coffee. Um, <laughs> sorry, if you, sorry if you don't. You know what he drinks in the morning? What? He drinks diet Dr. Pepper. All right. Diet Dr. Pepper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this morning, Charlotte pours him this glass of Diet Dr. Pepper. And these little boys are one on each side of him. And they're just looking. They got their milk and they're watching him drink this stuff. And so we left. He and I left for the airport. Charlotte sends me this text. She was going to take them to school. They're Harding Academy. She sends me this text. They both wanted Diet Dr. Pepper in a to-go cup to sip on the way there. Now, let me tell you something. You know why they did that? Example. They saw Alan do that. Not black, but my friend Alan. They saw my friend Alan do that. This is one way we learn. We learn by watching. We watch Jesus. We watch one another. We watch people with names, the names we just mentioned. We watch them and we learn what it means to go on this journey and live as Christ-like people. Does that make any sense? And so you've got two tasks. And just, just This is common sense part here. Given what we just said in the last five minutes, you've got two tasks. And what would those two, ooh, what would those two tasks be? Two. Is this vague? Too vague? Thanks. Uh, our two tasks would be to watch someone in our life where we can learn a little bit more about what it means to follow Jesus. And then we can be that kind of example for somebody else. Make any sense? Well, he closes this. We've got to wrap up. I'm, uh, 12 through, through uh, 14. Man, it's, it's, it's like a sermon closing. And he writes to all of them. He refers to them as dear children. I think he's really referring to the, to the whole church here. Singles out uh, the fathers. Singles out the young men. But I don't have time to just wade into this, but I want you to hear these affirming remarks he makes to these people. 
Your sins have been forgiven. He wants these people to know you didn't miss the authentic life when those people left the church and said you didn't get it in terms of Jesus not being uh, a, a physical, you know, having a physical body. You get it and you are experiencing the forgiveness of sins. Look at verse 13. You know, you know, Jesus, you haven't missed him. You're, you've come to know him. In fact, you are overcoming the evil one. The evil one is not defeating you. Uh, look at the uh, verse. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, yeah, verse 14. Tell in verse 14. You've known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong. And the word of God lives in you and you've overcome the evil one. And it's, it's his way of saying to all these folks, don't get discouraged. You've got more than you realize. You're walking in the light. Don't be like this bunch here who sits in the darkness. And then to close it, he gives them one warning. Don't you love the world? That'll absolutely shipwreck your life. Don't love the world. Don't love anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love of the Father, it really isn't any. You, you can't live. You can't have both of this, both of these. Everything in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, all this junk, this doesn't come from the Father but it comes from the world. And I love this closing line, verse 17. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. It's his way of saying, if you're walking in the light, you are, you are doing just fine. In fact, you are going to live forever. Don't get tripped up. I don't know if you need to hear that or not, but I think I do. I think I need to hear again that what I have in Christ is much more valuable than what the world could possibly offer me. Okay. Maybe we got a nugget out of that tonight. If we did, that's good. Let's be dismissed. Thanks for being here. Um, if you see two little boys running around, feel free to corral them. If you're a guy, feel free to tackle them. So thank you. <laughs>